This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 273 with Jerry Feta. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how you can own your potential every single day. My guest in this episode is Jerry Feta. Jerry believes everyone has a God-given right to own their potential. Most of us don't because we spend 40 hours per week serving the 40-year-to-life sentence, trading our precious time for a worthless paper called currency. We live on an economic planet, and time and money do need to be exchanged. But that doesn't need to be your time or your money. Jerry teaches his clients to secure income-producing assets that make the time and money exchange for you so you can buy your freedom back and live a life of abundance and prosperity. To get there, we must know how to make money, how to keep it, and how to multiply it. Jerry provides the plan, coaching, education, accountability, community, and the tools to help you build wealth. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at cashflowninja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja to 44222. I'm publishing weekly and daily videos on YouTube. You can check out all of my videos at youtube.com forward slash cashflow ninja. Please subscribe to my channel to get updates when I post these videos. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint, followed by institutional investors. And if you are an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of our lives in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You'll learn how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Jerry, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, MC. I appreciate you having me. 
Yeah, excited to have you on. It's, uh, you know, in, in life, you, you walk a journey and you're trying to, uh, you have a vision for your life, right? And goals and you're trying to create and you're trying to build and, uh, and then you come across a fellow traveler that's on the same journey. So it's been great to connect with you and excited for a lot of the, the topics that we're going to jump into today. But before we do that, uh, can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm Jerry Fed. I own a company called Wealth Dynamics. And um, man, my story goes back to uh, actually when I was a kid. I, I can remember uh, money always being kind of a sore spot with my family. So, you know, we were my, my parents, they got uh, actually divorced from each other and remarried back to each other three or four different times. And, you know, from what I can recall, every single time it was money, you know, fighting over bills. My dad had, uh, you know, serious debt. Uh, you know, we had uh, a house that we got kicked out of. I watched our, our, uh, our family van get repoed growing up. So money was never a subject that I had, uh, I guess, good experiences with. And ironically, you know, as I started growing older, um, I actually, you know, got into, into the personal training industry and fitness and I climbed that ladder really fast. And I had a friend that at the time, you know, he got involved with financial advising. And, and I don't know how, but somehow I, that caught my attention. And so I, I started learning about uh, finances, you know, compounding interest, investing. And I was learning about it from the, the retail side, you know, the traditional Wall Street financial advising, insurances, mutual funds, 401ks, et cetera. Um, and, and so when I saw the need, that's really what, what sparked my attention because I could identify with that. You know, looking at people being paycheck to paycheck, uh, you know, swimming in credit card debt, you know, running out of retirement income when they're only 10 years into the deal. And so I did that. Um, I did that for quite some time. I actually became endorsed by um, Dave Ramsey um, as an endorsed local provider. So I was I was selling the <laughs> I was selling the 12 percent growth stock mutual funds, if you know what I mean, MC. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I actually did that for quite some time. And uh you know, there was a couple of turning points for me as I was doing that. Uh, I had a family friend. I was I was um, best friends with their son since since we were twelve or thirteen years old, and his dad's name was Chris. And I remember growing up, Chris was somebody that I never understood what Chris did. You know, he's in his forties or fifties. Uh, he was always home in the middle of the day. They were well off. They had nice vehicles. They had nice homes. Going to school with his son Garrett, like they were always you know, they were, they were always dressed in like the nicest clothes and they had everything they needed. And I never knew what Chris did. And so Chris kind of stuck with me in my life. And so I had this moment, um, where I, I started learning actually, uh, kind of a deep subject, but I started learning about the central banking system. And, um, it was right around the time that the movie, the big short came out. So I read a book called the creature from Jekyll Island. Um, I watched the movie, the big short, and honestly, MC, for probably about three days, I was sick to my stomach. And the reason why is I was selling um, the retail financial products that, you know, were, were the cause of a lot of the stuff behind 2008. And it was just very manipulated. And so what I realized was that as, as a financial professional, I had no control over, uh, if I put a client into a product like that, no control over whether or not they made money. They're, they're buying an invisible share. There's no guarantee but the fee that they're going to pay. And the people managing that share are, are, you know, a group of the most dishonest individuals you could possibly give money to. 
And so I, I talked with my, my, my buddy's dad, Chris, and I, I finally sat down and got to ask him what it was that he did and what, what he did. And he said that he spent his life building cash flowing assets. So accumulating physical assets that build cash flow. And so within my business, uh, that was a distinct switch for me as I realized that I needed to stop selling the retail products and I needed to find a way to help my clients with, you know, real cash flowing assets, passive income. And, and really putting them in a position where they did not any longer have to trade time for money. And so that's where my business is at today. And, and so what I focus on now with my clients is, you know, helping them identify long-term goals, creating a plan to actually get there. Um, and then through coaching, education, community, and resources, you know, putting them in a position where they're making income, they're saving it aside, and they're putting it into those cash flowing assets so that time and money you know, they do need to be exchanged, but it doesn't need to be my client making that exchange. We can start getting assets doing that for them. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of a long story short, but you know, overall, there's a lot of learning. And for me, a lot of behavior and mindset change that had to happen on the subject of money and on the subject of wealth, just because it was such a, a poor example for me growing up. Yeah, and you touched on just knowing and understanding what was what was going on, right? The creature of Jekyll Island, and uh, I mean that book played a huge role uh, in my development and my learning and education and understanding it. And I've been fortunate to have Mr. G. Edward Griffin on the show twice and talking to him because I mean. Uh, probably the same as you. I couldn't sleep after I read that book the first time. I was like, "You got to yeah. be kidding! You got to be kidding me! How is this? How is this possible?" Right? Yeah, and, and and you know, my takeaway from that book initially was probably the same as you was. Man, life's a scam. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's it's just this giant Ponzi scheme, and then you're kind of left with, "What do you do?" And for me, that was after I got a handle of it. You know, you figure out how the game works and you can start playing by the rules. Once I knew what the rules were and I got a handle on that, it was actually very freeing. And, and I think it's the same thing that, that you experienced is, you know, then you can kind of fly above the whole thing and start looking at how the pieces really do work and finding out, you know, if these are the rules and how do I need to be playing this? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you, you have to understand it. Now, conceptually, you, you talked about a lot of mindset shifts that needed to happen. Uh, and this is key in anyone's development. And one of the biggest things for me, too, was not only just understanding what money is and what, you know, that, that essentially it's an idea, right? But also mm-hmm. to come to terms with what wealth is. So what does wealth mean to you? That's a great question. So for me, wealth means owning my potential and, and everyone's potential is different. I'm very big on, uh, it's called etymology. It's the root, but it's behind where words came from. And so the word potential, um, actually comes from potent, which means power. And so, uh, I think all of us have uh, personal power within us. You know, we do great things, whether growing up, that was in sports or in academics, we all ha- have that spark. And it just seems like, uh, you know, we're conditioned out of it. So if life, as life starts happening, you know, we do the traditional, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn so that one day I can work, so that one day I can play. And, and, you know, one of the stories in my life is my mom died at 60. She never got to the play stage. Uh, and so seeing that that really, you know, that example of that really happening in real life right in front of me really made an impact on what wealth meant. So wealth means owning your potential. And in order to own our potential, we must be able to own our time. 
So nobody is arbitrarily collecting little green pieces of currency. They're collecting the currency and getting the passive income of currency so they can buy their time back. And really, time also is an arbitrary. It's just the measurement between two dis- two distances, the change in, in two different points. And so really, it's not even about the time, it's the activity. What are we doing? And so that really comes down to fundamental freedom. Do I have the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want? And that's what wealth is. Yeah, no, that's that's just so powerful. And what you mentioned too about living in the moment now, living today, owning that potential right now, not 20 or 30 or 40 years from now, but in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just so powerful. Now, we've touched on the awakening, right? That big aha moment that we've had. And, uh, oh boy, is there a lot of noise out there these days? And, you know, the great thing about the internet too, and about media in general is there's a lot of information out there. The bad thing is that there's a lot of information out there. Uh, so there's a, (laughs) (laughs) there's a ton of, especially when it comes to money and wealth, there's a ton of myths. What are some of the biggest myths that you see regarding money and wealth? Man, there are so many of these. Um, I would say, honestly, the biggest myth out there that I think people are buying into right now is the 401k. Uh, You know, if you look at a scam, that's the definition of one. So, you know, uh, putting your money into into a vehicle that was created by the IRS, which if you learn, you know, if you read the, The Creature from Jekyll Island, you realize the IRS is not a group of good people that are just trying to do a good job. So if, if they make a plan and say, hey, you know, put your money in here and we'll take care of it, that's probably already a red flag. So and, and part of that is the deferment lifestyle. And that you were hitting on that just now, MC. That's a myth. So deferment, you know, putting your life off till you're in your 60s just doesn't work. And, it, you know, it's the problem with this model. It's, it's a model that's outdated. And so we're putting our money in this vehicle called the 401k, which has really only been around for about 50 years. And it's not even being used for the intention it was created for. And we're living this concept that no longer is, 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 is doable in today's society. So I'd say that's a big one. Um, another one is, um, you know, dollar cost averaging. So the, right. the idea that you can invest with $100 a month and, and just let it build up over time and hope it grows. If you look at, if you look at anybody that's built serious wealth, they stack and accumulate massive amounts of cash and then they go all in on a deal that they really understand. And that goes back to Carnegie. He says, put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. So, I mean, the dollar cost averaging diversification to kind of trail off that. Uh, Warren Buffett says risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. So by diversifying, trying to spread the risk, one is admitting that he doesn't know what he's doing. And that breaks my chief rule of investing is never invest in something you don't understand. So, I mean, those are just probably my top three. And I think, I think you and I could probably go on for days about just all of the different money myths out there. Um, paying off your debt, I think, is another one. If you really understand currency and you realize that it goes down in value, if I can promise to pay you in 2017 dollars and in 2030, I'm still paying you in 2017 dollars there's no possible reason I would want to pay the debt off. I've got a great deal going on, but we've been taught pay the debt off, get rid of it. Right. 
Right. Pay it off as quickly as possible, right? Because uh, debt is bad. Debt is bad, right? Where if you, again, back to the rules, if you understand the rules uh, and know how the game is played, then you know uh, you have to increase your financial IQ because you could actually take on as much debt as humanly possible as someone would lend you and turn that into cash flow by controlling assets with it. Right, right. And, and I think that the, the myth surrounding debt um, I think it's 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 put out there by you know banks and credit card companies. Oftentimes, I meet with clients that are just starting to uh, maybe make that switch. So you said they have that awakening. So I'll talk to people that have maybe just had that, and they're in this cycle of uh, you know paying debt off, and they don't realize the root behind consumer debt was not having money. So we pay all the debt off. We still haven't solved the root issue, which was not having money. So yes, now we paid the car and the credit card and all this stuff off. We still don't have money. So when something comes up, we go right back to those things. Right. So breaking that cycle and and realizing that debt's a tool. So like you said, if you can leverage, you know, leverage is so important. We've been taught about compounding interest. I would rather have leverage and compounding cash flow. So if I can utilize debt to make it pay me an income. You know, I'm basically stealing myself out. I'm getting my my thoughts and my ideas into these other assets, and I'm multiplying myself and my ideas across all of these assets. And the only way that I can do that is through debt. Absolutely, and I think that that ties into one of the things that Robert Kiyosaki was was talking about too, where he was saying, "Look, I I wouldn't mind my net worth being zero, and I get paid ten million dollars a year in passive income." <laughs> which ties into yeah. the, you know, using, using good debt to, to create assets. And the other thing that you touched upon too, is to be very, very weary. Um, cause this happened around about, I would say the second world war, uh, Congress, I think it was 1945 Congress passed a law called the current tax payment act where the government got paid first from your, uh, from your paycheck. And then in the 1980s, when the 401ks were uh, created, well, now Wall Street got paid, right? So if you really look and, and, and sit down for a minute, that the government gets paid first, and then Wall Street gets paid after that. So where do you fall into that, right? So, mm-hmm. so you have to look at the motives, as you mentioned, which, uh, which surrounds uh, all of this. Um, and that ties into, and you've touched on how broken this uh, financial advising model uh, and current model is. I don't even want to call it traditional because <laughs> I don't even want to. Uh, yeah, it, it's not at all. Um, what are some of the, the biggest other flaws that you see surround this? Man, that is a great question. So the, the biggest one, MC, that people don't even consider is if you go to a financial advisor, you're taking advice from somebody that doesn't think as big as you do. So when you talk to an advisor, and this goes back to actually one of my very first clients, when I first started in the business, I sat down with people that thought bigger than I did on one of my very first meetings as a financial advisor. They were in their 20s. They told me they wanted 20000 a month and they wanted it in five years. And so I, I you know, went back and I took their information and I put their plan out. And because I was showing them the deferment model of, hey, you're putting all of this in mutual funds and 401ks and stocks and bonds, I basically showed them that they needed to put tens of thousands of dollars away every single month into the retirement program to have it accumulate a nest egg big enough to sell off to get that 20000 a month. And ultimately, what it came down to is on that model, 
there's no possible way for them to do it. So I went to that meeting and prior to that meeting, I actually remember calling my manager and asking, Hey, how do I tell these people that their dreams are not going to happen and it's unrealistic? And so that is the crux, the flaw, the major flaw with financial advising is if you're going to a financial advisor, it does not mean they're wealthy. Oftentimes they're not. I mean, if you really look at the statistics, oftentimes you are their next commission, their paycheck to paycheck, and they're hoping you close on, on their business so that they can get paid this Friday just like you do. And so when you take advice from someone like that, you're giving them influence into your plan and your life and your design. And ultimately, it's going to stunt the individual that works with them. Yeah, it's it's absolutely so true what, what you just mentioned. And it's the whole thing about the accumulation model and the cash flow model. And Jerry, this is this was shocking to me. I, I interviewed uh, 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 John Williams from Shadow Stats uh, on the podcast. And he mm-hmm. basically runs the numbers too of what it would look lo- what it would look like if they used the old models before 1980, right? Because in the 80s and the 90s, and ever since now, you know, all the all the politicians and the government just skewed the numbers because it was in their interest, for instance, to skew the numbers on inflation because they have to pay cost of living adjustments on social security and you know public pensions and all of these things. So he was basically mm-hmm. calculating the numbers as of, as of the 1980s. And he was saying inflation right now is around 9 to 10% based on those numbers. Now, if you use the rule of 72, uh, I mean, you've got, to double your, you've got to double your money basically, right? In a, in a, in a, right. In a very short, short amount of time, uh, every, sing, every single uh, seven years on 10, on 10, on 10%. Yeah. And that's what's crazy about that is that, you know, I've seen those similar numbers and the, the typical person out there in this country right now, they're not even acknowledging the CPI number. So, so let alone 3.15, now we're talking nine or 10. And so the accumulation model is just so broken because you're, you're basically trying to build up this giant pile of money and money is, devaluing so you're built you're you're literally building up a giant pile of liabilities and hoping you can sell those liabilities off over a 30 or 40 year period and fingers crossed you die before your money runs out i mean that's the model right right absolutely and and the whole model too and uh you and you and i have discussed this as as you are your number one and greatest asset and your best investment is always in yourself uh, and your business. So you're taking it completely away from yourself and your business and your your investments that you have control over. For instance, if you're a real estate investor, that's your business, right? Should be in in that. Um, What are some other ways to maximize yourself as your best investment? Yeah. So I think initially it starts with learning. Um, so, I mean, there's a handful of good books out there on, on wealth and on money. Uh, the thing that I, I have to advise on books, look at the author. If you don't want to be like the author, probably don't read the book. Um, and, and there's, there's lots of, like you were saying at the beginning of this talk, MC, is that there's lots of information out there. So you really need to trace it back to its basic origin. And, and then you can find out, all right, yep, John Rockefeller, that's a solid guy. I want to learn from him. But there's too many experts out there that don't actually, they don't have anything going for them. It's the big hat, no cattle model. And so, you know, reading is a great start. Um, I personally believe that everybody needs to know how to sell. 
Um, and that's so critical. I, I think a lot of people, even in, even in the beginning stages of the cash flow model, um, a lot of people rely you know, on the idea that they'll have a realtor that's going to do all of this for them. And at a certain point, you know, the individual themselves needs to understand the deal. They need to figure out how to negotiate. They need to know how to network. And so sales is a skill that, you know, if you can learn that skill, you know, that's going to really impact your wealth potential. And if you look at, you know, all of the, the biggest paramounts in wealth, if you look at the, you know, the Carnegie's, the Rockefeller's, those guys were business people and they knew how to sell. And so that is such a critical step. And, and I think that from their stem, like I said, the network thing, I think network is, is severely underestimated. Um, and, and an example of that, that I give to my clients very often is that MC, if you and I are both billionaires and we're both competing for the same real estate deal at the point that we're both billionaires, money is no longer the separator because we're, we're on a level playing field. So then it comes down to what value can I bring to the seller? How can, I, how can I communicate that better than you can? And then what does my network look like? Who do I know that might connect me to this person that would get me into that investment? And if, if you have that, you're going to beat me. If I have that, I'm going to win that situation. You're listening to Jerry Fetter on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to Jerry Fetter on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. No, ab- absolutely. And that ties into the importance, you know, selling equals income, right? That, so that it really, really ties into that because if you really look at it and you laid it out so nicely, Jerry, is you've got to start by educating yourself and investing in yourself and learning and being being part of the learning process is sales skills to be able to communicate your message uh, to the marketplace out there. And that's how you're going to get income that will then be able to translate into, into business. Um, the importance of income, you've shared a couple of other uh, tidbits about this. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah, so income is where it all starts. Um, if you if you just work this whole thing backwards, let's say somebody wants to have, um, you know, passive income, and even past that, we talked about the reason they would want to have passive income is because they have dreams and they have goals. So somebody wants to accomplish their goals and dreams, they will need passive income to get there. Passive income is going to come from investments. In order to have invested in those investments, that in- individual had to have saved money aside that they could put into the investments. Now, in order to save money, that person had to have earned income and earned enough of it where they covered their cost of living, had their taxes paid, and still had access to save. And in order to earn income, one must sell. And if if someone is listening to this and they've got a W-2 job and they're saying, I'm not a salesperson, you are, you sell time. Right now, you sell time for money. 
And so the trick is, how do you sell something other than time for money? How do I sell a service or a product or an idea and get the income where it's not taking the same amount of my time as a traditional job would? When I've done that, I can then save. And when I tell people to save, you need to save 40% of your gross income pre-tax. That's the 1% savings rule. If you look historically, they've always hit that number. And so if you just look at those two things, if I'm going to save 40%, try saving 40% when you only make five grand a month. It's impossible. You need to make $10,000 a month or more to save 40% and still have enough to have good quality of life at some degree. It's so true. Uh, I was having a discussion with my wife actually about it too, where if you're on a fixed income too, all these things are are working against you. Everything. I mean, we talked. We touched on inflation, uh, the cost of living go, uh, going up. So you have to have the ability to increase your income uh, in the, in this game that we just that we that we mentioned uh, in the beginning of this talk. Otherwise, you're going to really, really be be in a position uh, that you're just struggling and fighting through it every single day. Yeah, and and you see it. It's, it's so true with the American lifestyle right now. Wages are stagnant. Um, you know, we hear all the time, you know, I think that that $50,000 range, we've hovered in that average income range for too long. And so if you think about wages being stagnant, inflation eating away at it, um, and, and then people are saving less and less and getting more and more into consumer debt. I mean, there's so many, like you said, so many things that are, are pulling against people and, and, if you are not doing something against that to fix the root cause, which is an income problem, then, I mean, there's no way to win that battle. And I, I think a lot of people secretly know that. And that's what I found when I, when I switched my business over from, or we don't want to say traditional, <laughs> retail. When I switched my business over from retail financial services over to the cash flow model, um, it resounded with a lot of people. I think a lot of individuals, this has been their gut feeling. And nobody has come out and said it because there's so much propaganda and advertising. And so what I think happens is people know that this is the case. They know they're not earning enough income. They know that their wages are stagnant. They know that inflation's out there. But it's such a big monster. They haven't been taught to handle it that it's easier just to sweep it under the rug or pretend it's going to be okay and go on vacation once a year and, and buy the 30-year mortgage and just you know, have the, have the nice living room with the furniture alone where it smells like cinnamon and apple pie candles. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole middle-class picture. Right. No, absolutely. Now you've touched on the savings problem, which is enormous and how the top 1% have traditionally saved 40% or more of their income. Now, you know, there's obviously got to be a place where we warehouse this wealth uh, and we, we vault it to protect it and then, then investing into passive income. And then those investments need to be scalable. Can you speak a little bit just on those three things that I mentioned about the, uh, to uh, have a place to warehouse your wealth, investing in pass, passive income investments, and then why these investments also need to be scalable? Yes. Yeah, so, so with the 40% thing, the, the, the trait that someone can mimic that's successful um, from the 401k model is forced savings. That's the only good thing that came from that model. So the idea of money coming out of your account, that's why the IRS does that with your taxes. That's why Social Security and Medicare do that. That's why your 401k does that. 
those groups know that if the money comes out before you spend it, it's guaranteed to happen. So with saving 40%, I believe that the best way to do it is to commit to having to write the check and have it automatically come out of your, out of your income every month. So my personal favorite place to put this, and I know you, are, you and I are on the same page on this, is using the cash flow banking or infinite banking concept, uh, which is with high cash value dividend paying life insurance and structuring it in such a way that the money is being saved where it's liquid, it's accessible for investments. And when you really break it down, you're incorporating a tax advantage, you're incorporating protection, you're incorporating liquidity, you're incorporating growth, and you're also incorporating leverage. So I think that's the very best place to warehouse wealth and make sure that you do have a committed amount that we're saving saving for. Um, I found that clients that don't have that, it just simply doesn't happen. I'll, I'll talk to somebody that has terrible financial habits, but they still have a $70,000 401k balance because it automatically comes out. So that's really where I focus on putting it. And what I like about that model is you have, you have the ability to become the bank. And, and if you look at banks in, in our, our, our culture and in history now, if you can become the bank, you win the game. You know, if you're, if you're playing Monopoly, if you're looking at that game, which is very similar to our economy, you're just pulling out paper as you need it. You want to be the person that's supplying the paper and distributing it to everybody else. And so the dividend paying life insurance allows you to do that. Now, as you're utilizing that, you need to be looking at cash flowing investments. So um, I like real estate. I think mean, income real estate. Uh, I also do like secure promissory notes, and those are typically backed by real estate. Uh, you can also utilize that with businesses, but it needs to be a real, physical, tangible asset that an individual can have some degree of control at a, at a, at a fairly great level over the investment. And, and it's going to be something that has to be scalable because if you just do one and done, if you look at you know, a cash flow on one unit, if you actually look at cash flow before taxes on one unit of real estate, it might only be you know, $150 or $200 a month that somebody makes in profit at the end of the month. And so that game is going to be getting dozens and dozens and dozens of those $150 to $200 a month payments to scale out and really build up enough where you can un, you know, unplug from the job and stop trading time for money and start to live on that passive income. No, the, and that is uh, so true that you just mentioned there, Jerry, and uh, very, very well uh, uh, summarized there. Now, you've got a lot of exciting stuff going on. One of the stuff that, that you uh, are very passionate about is giving back as well. And you just launched this uh, one project, that, which has been super exciting just to, just to watch and see what you guys are up to up there. Um, and it's called Operation Reborn. Can you uh, share a little bit about Operation Reborn with my listeners? Yeah, definitely. So um, Operation Reborn was actually a, a concept that uh, myself and three other business owners in Anchorage decided to come up with and, and put together. Um, and it really comes from, uh, if you look at the um, statistics for Alaska, um, Anchorage, Alaska is the fifth most dangerous city in the country. Um, Alaska as a state was ranked the most dangerous state to live in. Um, looking at per capita murder rates, assault, sexual abuse. And so a lot of this actually stems from uh, people falling out of the workplace. They end up in the homeless community. Uh, through there, oftentimes, they get caught up in, in gangs, violence, drugs, etc. 
And so, you know, when, when we looked at our community, the community really wasn't taking responsibility for it. There was a lot of complaining and, uh, you know, we, we, we actually had, uh, some local business owners. They were in their comment feeds on Facebook saying they were going to start carrying to work and, and blow someone's kneecap out if their store gets broken into again. And it's just not the right way to handle stuff. And so part of wealth for me, it means equipping and empowering those around us. Um, you know, if I have the potential to earn, you know, let's say $80 million a year, but I only need 3 million of it. Well, that means that I've got $77 million left over and I need to find out what to do with that. And so, yes, I'm going to invest in, I'm going to put some aside and build up that legacy. But it also means that if I don't need it, there are other people that probably do. And there's things that I can do to help change their lives. And so I don't believe in handouts. Like a lot of, a lot of the systems in place make it easier for that individual to stay in that situation and remain comfortable. Um, so giving warm clothes and shelter and socks and food, yes, those are good things to do, but ultimately it's making it easier for a person to remain homeless. And so what Operation Reborn does is we actually have an event once per month. Um, and so we have at a, at a local barber shop in Anchorage, we've set up a food vendor. So the homeless and at-risk youth come in, we feed them. Uh, we take them into the barber shop, we groom them, we get them looking sharp. And then the rest of the afternoon, we actually spend one-on-one time with them, coaching them and then also group setting, um, training them on sales, business, employment, you know, how to get a job, how to stay in the workforce. And uh, so we did our first event last month. And the result of that, we had about two dozen homeless people show up. We fed them, uh, you know, we gave them haircuts, got them looking clean and sharp. We spent time doing the training. Uh, we actually utilized Cardone University and Wealth Dynamics University for the training component. And from just that one event, MC, we actually have one guy that got gainfully employed the very first day. That's amazing. That's that's fantastic. That's just to see see the whole concept work, right? And to see that success and the change in one person's life and maybe his, his entire family's, right? Uh, in that situation. So that's that's fantastic. Now, Jerry, um, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Man, that's a good question. So I would say uh, my first one would be, um, it's a concept we talked about already, but it's you are your best investment. And um, I, I think that people need to realize that, that there's not a better asset out there than just pure human ins- inspiration. So I would, I would want my future generations to know that if you have an idea and a concept that you can turn into reality, um, that's where wealth starts. Um, so that would be my first one. Um, my second one would be um, income is king. I mean, you have to earn income, whether it's active, passive. I think initially uh, when people get excited about wealth, they get a little too caught up in passive income and haven't done their due diligence and, and earned their stripes with just earning any income yet. And so I would really want to pass on, you need to go exchange with the world around you and create that income and start finding, you know, value that you can put out there in exchange to get the income. And that's really going to cause the wealth to build long-term. Um, and then thirdly, I really would say, be the bank, find a way to be the bank, find a way to control the money pool where you're leveraging. You know, if you can do 
some form of fractional reserve banking, even if it's only on a, on a small scale or if you can do that full scale, leveraging money and, and getting other people to make your money make money for you is a concept that I think really builds an in indestructible wealth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jerry, how can my listeners learn more about you, your company? Uh, I think you've got a radio show that you're working on with someone at, uh, right now as well. And uh, more about uh, some of the services that you offer like Wealth Dynamics University. Yeah, definitely. So um, you can find me on Facebook at Jerry Feta, on Instagram at Jerry Feta, on LinkedIn at Jerry Feta, on pretty much any of the social platforms. I like to keep it simple. That's J-E-R-R-Y-F-E-T-T-A. Um, check out my website. If you'd like to learn more about Wealth Dynamics, um, go to www.wealthdynamics.com forward slash potential. And that is www.wealthdynam, the letter X.com forward slash potential. Um, and then, yes, actually, we are launching a radio show. It's called Never Settle Radio. Um, it's, uh, my friend Matthew and I, and it's really about the, um, lifestyle of never, never giving up on your potential and continuing to strive for better, um, no matter what obstacles you hit or no matter what achievements you've hit in life, just because you, you have those doesn't mean we settle and give up and throw in the towel. So that's kind of where you can find me, my company, our mission, our belief is that everybody has the, the God given right to own their potential and create a life by design. Uh, and so our focus is. Um, you know, working with people on breaking them out of that rat race of trading time for money. Now, the reality still is that, like we talked about, time and money do need to be exchanged, but it does not need to be your time traded for money. So that's the importance of securing assets that do the time and money exchange for us. And in order to get there and help people make money, set more of that aside by keeping it and then investing for passive income. Jerry, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. I appreciate it. Thank you, MC. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja and thank you for all of your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gosh Good newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44. Two, two, two. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you now can also participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of our lives in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and also includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You will learn about how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. 
You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.